0: Beatles songs come on at the start. Roll up, roll up. Here we are for the first episode of the Marathon Mystery Tour. My name's Dave Robbo. I'm joined by a fellow called Steve Monagetti. Mono, welcome to the show.
1: Good to be here, mate. We we might try and produce a bit of magic, won't we?
0: I think that's guaranteed, magic. And um, the mystery is definitely guaranteed as well. We're not sure. It's a mystery to us just where we're going with this show, but um, where it'll take us. But the first stop here is episode one, and it's great to have you here uh we're in Newcastle. We should mention we're at the uh, the Hop Factory, um, nice little spot on Derby Street. And you found yourself here in Newcastle today, so it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty nice to uh, be here chatting running with you. We both made our marathon debuts in the same city, um, I recall as well. Do you do you remember that? You probably don't remember my marathon. I remember yours.
1: <laughs> I remember mine in Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. Were you there as well? I
0: wasn't there that year. I made my uh, that was '86. Your one, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I made my debut uh, a good 12 years, know uh, 22 years after that in Edinburgh. I was living there, and that was my first marathon.
1: How was it? How was the experience? For you? I, I don't reckon you ran 2:11 and got a bronze medal, <laughs> but I'm sure it was memorable for other reasons. No,
0: it was. I trained, trained pretty hard, and uh, wanted to get under three hours. It was a windy day, A similar course I think to the one that you ran. Missed out on any uh, on the on the bronze medal, but um, I did get a finishers medal. But it was 3:0. and a decent hamstring cramp with about 150 metres to go. So um, agonisingly close, but it it kept me hungry to break that three another time.
1: And great memories. You know, obviously for me it was Com Games. I never expected that I would have the run that I did. But uh, every time I go back to Edinburgh, you know, obviously I I remember that. um, You know, windy. It's often a windy place, but we had a great day that day. It was a famous day for Australian Marathon running. Deke won the men's race. Lisa Ondiecki won the women's. And... I snuck home, this young kid who'd never run a marathon before, and um, got up on the dais and uh, you know started a, a career that ended up turning out okay.
0: <laughs> well, it turned out um, you did a lot of things, but we fast forward to 2009. You found yourself with a pacing balloon at the Gold Coast Marathon, and there I was coming back after my Edinburgh debut, wanting to break three hours again. I thought I'll jump on with Mona. He knows his way around a three-hour sub-three-hour marathon, and uh, I don't know if you recall, but yeah, I was I was I was in the group till about 30, and then. It was a pretty big group up until then and then it diminished and I wasn't on the bus. 308, I think I rolled in that day. Uh, but I don't, think it was, I don't think it was your fault, mate, as much as people do suggest that it might have been. Anything to, to uh, say there? Defend yourself? Uh,
1: it's interesting because obviously you still have to run it. And just because I'm there, you know, I really enjoy that role. It's a great thing, a great way of catching up with people. But also, takes the pressure off me a little bit. You know, I'm under pressure, but I enjoy the moment. So I don't have any problems doing it. And hopefully, you know, people realise that it's a, a unique experience. They do something... Um, that they want to have achieved. They've still got to do the prep and the work, but hopefully, you know, a little um, getting a lift running with me gets them over the line.
0: All right, well, we might focus on... The most recent Big City Marathon here in Australia. And I just talked about the Gold Coast Marathon. It was the 40th birthday of the Gold Coast Marathon. And that's going to be our first stop on the Marathon Mystery Tour this week. And uh, we should turn our attention, I guess, to the main event, Mona, which you and I could argue was really the 10K on the, uh, <laughs> on the Saturday. It was, a, it was a pretty solid run, mate. And um, uh, you turned in a pretty decent pe- uh, uh, performance yourself. Uh, tell us how you went. Was it what you expected?
1: Oh, much better than what I expected. I've, I, uh, I hurt my calf actually in the half at Gold Coast last year and uh, spent a few months in the wilderness. And then Com Games got in the road and hadn't been doing a lot of running. But I just started to get going the last few weeks. So, you know, I was hoping I'd run... Uh, probably sneak under 35 or i'd actually seeded myself and my son in the a zone because i didn't think i think you had to run under 37 minutes to be in the elite category and i didn't think i could do that so i was happy to be in the a zone as it turns out i you know i had a really good run and and uh, i think officially i was 3303 but i picked up a couple of seconds by starting in the a zone and uh officially or my 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 actual time was 32.59, so breaking 33 minutes for 10k was, yeah, it was much better than I'd expected, so I was delighted.
0: I, I love that generous rounding down. I was right on the front line. I couldn't have been any more closer <laughs> to the start line. They gave me a second off my time as well, so um, I was happy. Yeah, PB, 34.11, I think they gave me, so still trying to chase that sub-34, but I was caught in a, I don't know if you call it a monoghetti sandwich. I had you in front of me. I, I was the middle section, and then Matt, your, uh, your son, 35 dead, he got... Um, he's just turned 18 in the week and pretty solid run by your your youngster, mate. He might have a bit of a future in the running game.
1: Yeah, he's, we, we didn't really expect, he's only been running a couple of years. We didn't push him, ran for the school for a while, but he's, he's, you know, he's never been sort of really all that interested, but he's actually been, you know, starting to do a bit of training with us, runs a session normally with us on a Tuesday night, might go out for another couple of runs and he ran down at the Great Ocean Road a couple of months ago and there's a, sh- there's a 6K run on there, but we were a bit late getting for, the- for that. So we- I entered him in the 14, and he finished just behind me, and I thought, oh, actually, he might run okay over longer stuff. So I purposely did enter him in the 10K, but that's the first time he's ever ran 10K. Not a bad debut, 35 minutes on the knocker. Pretty happy with that. It- and he, as you say, just turned 18, hasn't been running much, so shows a bit of potential. But um, we won't categorise. We don't want to put any pressure. <laughs> we're just keeping a lid on it, mate. Well,
0: I think you've taken out, you've set the benchmark for uh, father and son 10k records. I make it a 68 minute 20k between the two of you, so that'll be probably tough to beat you know, in years to come. And yourself, only a few. If you were three months older, we, we worked this out later on. We reckon it probably would have been a world a world best, a world record for a for a 56 year old over 10k. So you just need to get a bit older, mate. Stay as quick as you yeah. are, but get older. You reckon you can do that?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, there's some actual, there's some good Australians. I think, um, I remember running the half last year. I was going pretty well. I ran about 74 and a half. And I remember thinking, oh, no worries, I'll win my category. And I actually did win my category, yeah. but I looked at the results. There was a guy, in, I think he's uh, 63, Dave, I'm not sure uh, exactly his name. I, I should, that's rude. i should know. not sure. Not John Short, no, another guy, but he ran 72, and he's 62 or 63, so I couldn't believe it, (laughs) so there are some very good runners out there, and my my claim to fame is not that I'm one of the best runners in the world at 55, but that I've been running for about 40 years, I started when I was 14, and to still be able to stay at the level that I have with, you know, I reckon I've probably got 220,000 Ks in my legs, so... You know, that's, that's what I'm, I'm more happy about. I love what I do and it's terrific to still be able to set little challenges and, you know, we all have our own goals and challenges and, you know, for me to get under 33 was, you know, I ticked the box on that one.
0: We should also mention Jordan Gusman uh, breaking Michael Shelley's course record with a 28:42 opening Kilometer, I don't know if you caught much of it. I think he went out in about 2 two minutes 42. Would you recommend doing that, Mono?
1: <laughs> no, oh, if you can. <laughs> but I, I knew he was on because, you know, we we ran a K in one down towards the south, turned around and came back. And he was already... He was about 100 metres ahead of the field then, and I'm thinking he is on for a really fast time today. And, and another, you know, we, we're talking about a great run there, but... Um, Uh, Madeline Hills was also outstanding I know you're going to mention her but she um, just ran the hard 5k 15 lazy 15 25 or something jogged in still beat the both of us unbelievably comfortably and was only about 20 seconds behind Lisa Waitman's course record so that's some sort of run she and uh, you know I think um, those two runs were for me the quality of the weekend
0: a two by 5k session with about a 30 second break in between and uh, and she belted at home it was an, an amazing run we should turn our attention to the the sold out or the full uh, marathon which was held on sunday and you and i were up early uh for the live stream which was a bit of fun as always and the conditions looked pretty sultry um and very humid as i got out of the car at 5am it was about 16 17 degrees and 100 percent humidity and it, it felt like it was going to be a day to earn your, earn your medal out there in the marathon. That's what it did prove to be. The half marathon is early on. Uh, Jack Rayner, sporting the Steve Prefontaine uh, <laughs> moustache, uh, didn't he put in a, a strong run there, taking the scalps of, of Collis, your uh, fellow Ballaratian, uh, Collis Birmingham, and... Uh, and, and really lighting it up in that half marathon.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, he ran really well. He's young and on the up, you know, ran well at Lon- Lonnie 10. He was broke the record down there, ran about 28.32, I think, for 10K. So he's in fantastic form. Interestingly, Willie Chabor, who was second, he ran, he, you know, he was a 60.47 half marathon runner and a, you know, pretty good marathon runner. I didn't know he actually won. Gold Coast Marathon in 2009. But, yeah, yeah. So, but we thought, <laughs> oh, this old uh, old bloke, what's he doing? Watched apparently, I think he's actually living in Australia somewhere and he might have a partner who's living in Sydney or something. He actually entered just as a normal citizen and, gee, he ran unbelievably. I was really impressed with just how aggressive he was and I think he probably dragged Jack through to a quick time and it was just a really competitive race. And for, for those guys, Jack, you know, really on the up, Ed Goddard running really well. You know, there's some really promising signs for Australian distance running for some reason, the half at Gold Coast, people run faster than anywhere. You know, yeah. you, you can run your PB and take a minute off and just lock it in. Just don't even have to run it. Just take a minute off your PB <laughs> and, and pick up your medal at the end, That's I
0: reckon. It. Perfect. We could, we could cut it all cut out all the hard work in between. So 63-12 for Jack Rayner. Um, running out of their skin also. Sarah Hall, 69-26, the, the female winner from America. She came back out again. But probably one of the runs of the day, my Sinead Diver, 69-51, wiping off a heap of time off her PB to move into 8th all-time um, Aussie. Ellie Pashley a little bit behind her, seventy fifty six moved into 10th all-time, nudging ahead of uh, Jess Trengo. So, again, women's distance running, absolutely uh, going from strength to strength there as well. And I know, I know you're a marathoner. Jack Rayner, Shanae Diver, Ellie, you know... We're going to see them do some special things over the marathon, particul- potentially.
1: Yeah, and Ed Goddard, another one. Young's yes. only 20. And this these young kids, are, and they seem to have no fear. And, and for Sinead Diver, who, who who isn't young, but she's at the peak of her power, she's young in running yep. terms. And you break 70 minutes for a half marathon in female running, You that, that's world-class running. Don't underestimate. That was sensational. Not Sarah Hall, amazing mm. running, you know. 35, I think, and four kids. But Sinead Diver to run under 70 minutes is she is that was for me, you know, certainly a really uh, quality run over the weekend will give her a lot of confidence. And that probably means I think a marathon PB is just in the low 230s, but she's run, she's in shape to, to smash that. She can run, you know, I think she's in 227, 228
0: shape. You can be sure she'll be angling for a marathon with her, her and a coach, so we'll look forward to seeing how that goes. On to the marathon. And we had Deke doing his big rant, uh, the Pheidippides rant, and that got him all fired up. But the running barber came back for another stab at it, and he had a bit of a point to prove, and he managed to do that. Mono, but it wasn't without the threat from the Japanese once again. Not being able to keep their breakfast down, uh, one of them. Can you tell us how you read that that all playing out in the later stages?
1: Well, the amazing thing was that, you know, we had the great matchup. So on the start line, the men's marathon, Kenneth Mangara, you know, defending, not defending champion, won a couple, beaten in that sprint last year by Noguchi. And obviously we had Kawauchi, Boston Marathon champion, one of the superstars of world, marathon running. And we get to 40K... There is a Kenyan, Kenneth Mungara, leading. There are two Japanese there, not Noguchi <laughs> and not uh, not uh, Kauchi. Unbelievable. Yeah. Muriyama, a 2.16 marathoner. Granted, he's got a sub-61 half. Yep. And Joe Fukuda, who's a 2.15 marathoner
0: with I, no... I had no Fukuda idea of who he was.
1: <laughs> None of us did. And this guy's caught them at 40K. I thought he might just go past and run onto the win. Yep. And then, you know, Kenneth thinks he doesn't want to leave it to a sprint, goes a bit earlier, Mariyama brings up breakfast yeah, yeah. and then suddenly recovers and actually makes a, a late run. It was one of the great finishes. I mean, three of them within three or four seconds. Any of them could have won. We knew Kenneth was going to win, but, geez, he made it exciting for us.
0: And, uh, and in the men's, uh, Yuki, well, he ended up finishing ninth, so I guess a little disappointing for him. Maybe slot to sign a few autographs uh, <laughs> as the current Boston Marathon champion, but 214.50, his 80th. Sub 220 marathon um, world record he holds for that. Uh, in the men's, the Oceana or the, the first Aussies across the line, Jack Colreeby 217.47, which was a PB for him, and first Dave across the line was Dave Cranidi 219.06. So another uh, impressive run from those guys, and there seems there seems to be. Um, uh, an increasing logjam in around that 216, 17, 18, 19 for the Aussie men at the moment. Hopefully we see them upgrade their PBs a bit in, in coming months.
1: Yeah, and consistently running that. So you don't, wouldn't be surprised if you saw Dave or, or Jack or Ravey just break though. You know, they're, they're, they're running that time. It was a surprise a couple of years ago when if they were running 216, 27. now you expect that. And hopefully that means, you know, they can have a breakthrough or we can get that next uh, group of men through. You know, we had the, the $40,000... Prize pool for Australian men under 210 and women under 228. And let's be honest, we did not think there was going to be a male doing it because we, we haven't seen it for so long. We didn't have a Liam Adams or a Michael Shelley in the race. They're probably the closest at the moment, but we knew the women were going to give it a good crack because women marathon running in Australia, they're, they're smashing it. So it's, um, and you know, that was the case.
0: Let's talk about the women's race. Ruth Chebetok, she wasn't the fancied Kenyan, the 220 uh, p- uh, PB Kenyan. Uh, wasn't able to get get it done but Ruth Chebetok came out course record for the second straight year so 224.49 now that's the fastest uh, run on Aussie soil since the 2000 Olympic Games so 18 years yeah. uh, and so that's a great run from Ruth Jess Trengove got the 40 grand got under 228 so she's run 226.31 a PB of 30 odd seconds she becomes the 6th Aussie to go sub 227 she's ranked number 6 all time but that's the uh, second best Aussie female performance on Aussie soil, which we found out after we looked at the record books. And, uh, and I think it's the eighth fastest of, of anyone on Aussie soil in terms of women as well. So, and we know the conditions. It was an easy running and a uh, great run from Jess.
1: And even more so because they were on a faster pace. So Mm. she's held on to still run that 226. So even better. I think, I um, I reckon Ruth's time might have been fourth all time. I think the first three were the medalists from the Sydney Olympics. So it shows the quality of that run and she broke that women's record and she looked pretty good doing it and PB for her course record and Agnes Barsocio, you know, a little bit off her time, and she was doing it pretty tough at the back end. But they still hung on really well, which is one thing that was surprising. was humid, was hot... You know, even Jess was starting to struggle a bit, held together. Mm. Celia Sullivan, whoever, mentioned, had a great run yep. in the end, but she really struggled the last 5K, but still hung on around 2 hours 30. And as I say, Agnes Barsocio, who could have backdoored really badly, actually hung on pretty well to finish third. So, the, you know, I think that shows that the course is pretty, uh, pretty fast, but also if you're in good shape, you'll get the benefit out of that. And um, whilst they all got a bit tired, there were some amazing
0: runs and the the depth in the, in the women's race was, uh, was amazing. Yeah, gutsy run from Celia. I caught up with Scott West, got her coach and pacer from the day mm-hmm. uh, earlier today on a, on a Sunday morning run. And, and uh, you know, he, he obviously wonders what might have been and wonders if they went a little bit too quick between 20 and 30. But Celia, as we know, she's just so tough and gutsy and she was looking, looking pretty good at that point. But it, it did all fall apart for her. She now knows she can tick the box. She's hit the, the wall in a marathon. She knows what that feels like. Um, and still a very incredible run, 2 hours 30 and 16 seconds. So we can't wait to see what she's going to deliver in future marathons. Quick shout-out for the other pacemaker in there, the Aussie fellow, uh, Brad Croker, had a good day out. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what to do at one point because the, the Kenyans were going a bit quick for him, and he didn't know whether to stick with them or hang back and help Jess out. But he, he's, uh, he's a 2.17 man himself, and he could have been right up there. In fact, he probably could have given Jack Colreavy a good run for his money. But pacing, I mean, you, you've done it uh, more for the recreational runners, but there's a bit too... Bit too uh, uh, put on your plate when you, when you have that charge with that responsibility, I would think.
1: I do remember I paced, uh, I paced a marathon in Japan with Troopy and Shane Nankervis and um, I had to k- pace to 30k. I remember the um, briefing with Japanese men and we are talking about the pace and they wanted it to be 302 kilometre pace and I said oh well you know there's a few turns it's a bit if it's a bit windy around the lake there's a bit of fudge factor in that isn't there and they said yeah yeah you can run 301 or 303 (laughs) one second either side oh the (laughs) Japanese they're hard (laughs) and I remember I was uh, I was still in pretty good shape I'd retired but I was still going pretty well and I remember there was two of us pacemaking and I was getting a bit tired I got to about 20k and I thought oh I reckon I'm done and I turned to the other pace guy a guy from um, South America and I'm about to say I think I'm done. And he turned to me and he said, Sorefoot stopping, bye. And I thought, what? Suddenly I was under pressure. I hung on to 25, and I, mate, I've never strained in all my life to keep it I reckon the, all the the Kenyans and Troopy were clipping my heels but I got to 30k, crossed the line, it was like I dipped no, it was my finish <laughs> and to be honest, um, and you mentioned Scotty Westcott, and, uh, um, what happened was I don't, didn't like not finishing so I thought I'd keep jogging so I jogged on in, Shane Curvis came past, he had a really good run, ran about 2.12 2.13, Troopy ended up 2nd or 3rd I think, 3rd or 4th in the race and anyway, I jogged through and um, ended up still running 2.17 and apparently that was the world record that I think Scotty then broke. So um, was Aussie,
0: rec- Aussie uh, forty plus record, yeah. Well
1: yeah. he was and he was very apologetic. I felt like saying, so, mate, you don't have to apologize. Yes. I was pacing a marathon to thirty K and I just ran in the last twelve K and so don't feel bad about it. I'm happy. I, I never you know, I'm never precious about records, but he was a bit worried about it. he, he defended me, but no, I was delighted and he said, How well's he go? Ran 30-30 Not on bad. Saturday and then and then backed up, you know, jogging around with Celia.
0: Well, and we're talking about these 2.17 blokes. 2.17 can get you you a green and gold singlet these days. And as we know with Scotty, around 2.15.30 in Berlin, to get himself finally that, that Olympic dream... Tokyo 2020, you know, that's a 44-year-old, Kenneth Mangara's age, might, maybe not rule him out, we might have to get him on and see what his plan is, he keeps his, his cards as close to his chest, old Scotty, but you never know, I think he's still got some good, some good speed there.
1: Oh, and he's just a great fella, you know, I think we all know Scotty's just a terrific contributor, loves his running and he's giving a lot back to the sport in other ways, but it's still great to see him running so well.
0: A couple of other older blokes who love their running, Andrew Lloyd, uh, he came back as the the winner of the second ever event back in 1980, and unfortunately it wasn't a repeat of that performance. He, he, he got around halfway and uh, had to pull out in the end, but uh, good on him for getting there and, uh, and giving it a crack. And Eric Sigmund, who won the first ever event in 1979, well, he, he was able to go one better and get the Finisher's medal, uh, and, we, and in, that was in 4 hours 47. So it was great to see those boys uh, there and, uh, and to be so in touch with the history of the event. Um, tough day for Lloydy, but yeah, good to have them as part of it.
1: Oh, indeed, and uh, you know, I've ran a couple of events with Eric, and it really, he was a quality athlete, and we know the, the level of athlete that Lloydy was. I, I think he might have been
0: carbohydrate-loading the <laughs> night before. It was only on light beers, I think, when I, when, I, when I got him one. But, uh, yeah. I'm not so sure they were light when I was seeing him, but
1: anyway, the, the carbohydrate loading didn't work for him in that in, in that uh, case. But just terrific, a great team wanting to be out there and having a go. Isn't that terrific that the event would get back the inaugural two winners in the, in the men's race? And uh, that's just gonna you know, credit to the organisers. They're fantastic up there.
0: All right, here on the marathon mystery tour you're with mona and robbo and uh mona it's that time in the show where i'm going to ask you get a little bit of your musical insight from yourself Mm -hmm. and i'd like you to choose your we're going to call it mona's pick all right you're an old guitar player i know Mm uh mona's pick you get to pick a song of your choice and tell us maybe a story that you've got associated with it so off you go mona's pick
1: okay i had a bit of time you gave me a bit of a heads up (laughs) so I'm, I'm, i'm onto it um he was a really good runner, and we didn't know, but I kind of bumped into him a few times running. He ended up writing an article on me for uh, Rolling Stone, and, um, and he was a 1435k runner. And uh, hang
0: on, hang on. You've been in Rolling Stone.
1: I have been in Rowlingfield. Wow, yeah, stop yeah, it. Yeah, no, I have been. And it was a pretty, I remember the cover, there were some pretty famous people <laughs> on the cover with, and, and it had my name wow. on there. So I've got, that's at home in the cupboard. But um, I was interviewed by um, a rock legend in his own right and a fantastic fellow, but a good runner um, in Mark Seymour from Hunters and Collectors. And uh, as it turns out, we were, before the Sydney Olympics, the athletics team, we were trying to just see what we could do to get the team a bit motivated and um so Troopy and I Troopy we knew Mark so he actually played at my 40th and not, not name dropping but um he was at my 40th so anyway we rang a great fella and we got him up and uh, we got him on the bus and he actually uh we rewrote the words to the Holy Grail yeah, yeah. and to to um Australian athletic themes and we got a song done and he played that and he was just fantastic so and that's one of that's sort of one of our um Troopy and I love that song and he's just a fantastic. Uh, Player and I actually got invited to their final show that was at the Hi-Fi Bar in Melbourne and we were on the, on the VIP list and we saw them play that last con- concert. They have reformed a couple of times and played but Hunters and Collectors, what a, what a classic Australian band and Mark Seymour, a quality athlete.
0: Well, we better have a listen to Mona's pick for this week. Holy Grail by the Hunters and Collectors. So that's it for the first ever episode of Mona and Robbo's ma- Marathon Mystery Tour. It's still a mystery just exactly what, what it's going to be each week and when it's going to come out. But uh, it's great to have you here, Mona, for the inaugural one. If we look ahead to what's coming up, um, look, if we talk about uh, fractions of marathons, we've got a nice third of a marathon coming up. The City to Surf, 12th of August uh, in Sydney, the, f- the famous race. And I think you've still got your, your name on the uh, the course record there, mate. I'm, I've, I've entered it this This week, you you reckon you might come and have another a crack at it one one year. Everyone, everyone always talks to me. They say, Mona, (laughs) I remember the year he did it wired up and commentated and had a had a pretty good run." have another crack at that, mate.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. That's almost more famous than my <laughs> record run. And, and I, I still, you know, bump into people. And that's that human side of it. I remember doing that. And there's a story maybe for another day about that, but um, how that all came to happen. As it turns out, I didn't realise I was going that well. But um, it's nice to, you know, I think people don't really see in the minds of what's happening in a race. And it was really, I get a lot of positive feedback about saying, you know, I was reading it and I could tell what was going to happen. And people sort of got a lot more of an appreciation of how hard it is and what's going on in your mind whilst you're looking all pretty relaxed and in control underneath it there's a lot happening and I think that people got an insight to that so I get great feedback and you know they're the great things you get to do And never could I have imagined I'd be doing something like that in my life and then you know finishing third in the race on that day and still I think we're running I don't know if I ran in the 42s or something I was still going pretty well but um yeah, nice that the, you know, the record has stood for so long. I didn't expect it to stand for that long. And what we need is another Australian to come along and break it. And how good would that be?
0: Well, I'll try my best, mate. But, um, <laughs> but I was going to say, never, never would you imagine imagined you'd be sitting with me in a bar in Newcastle on, late on a Sunday night with everyone uh, packing up around us. But we better get out of here, mate, because these people have got to go. You've got to get back to Ballarat. Thanks again for having a chat with us. And we look forward to doing it. And I might come down your way uh, and and, uh, have experienced my first trip to Ballarat. I think I've got to do that. It's a rite of passage for all runners in Australia. So uh, look forward to that, mate. And obviously Sydney Marathon's coming up, Medibank Melbourne Marathon as well. We'll have a bit of a chat about what's going on. And whatever other marathon news comes to hand, mate, Uh, thanks again for coming along. How was it for you? Yeah, all good. And just remind me when you're coming to Ballarat, because I don't think it's big enough for (laughs) both of us. One of
1: us is going to have to go. No, terrific, mate. Love it. Uh, It was a mystery to me, and it's a mystery to everyone, but we'll get back and we'll do it again. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, mate. There you go. Happy running.